It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Welcome to the Money Guy Show. I'm your host, Brian Preston. If you've been to the website recently, you've noticed there's been dramatic changes, and that website is money-guy.com. And when you go out there and look at it, we have, um, as we've mentioned in the last few shows, we finally have found a team of people that kind of sees eye-to-eye with us on how we can implement uh, the whole new Money Guy experience. And and don't worry, a lot of you guys, oh, gosh, he's changing things. No, 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 no. We... um. We're really trying to use what's going on out there in the financial world to now where we can be a better resource for you guys. Because remember, this is not my day job. By day, I am actually a certified public accountant, a certified financial planner, and a personal financial specialist. Those are all my designations. And I'm a fee-only NAPFA-registered advisor with a firm on the south side of Atlanta. We do fee-only wealth management. And But what I've realized, because I started doing this podcast as a hobby, was that I wanted to be able to devote a little bit more time to this show. So the only way I can do that is I had to figure out a way to first upgrade it to where it could provide the technology to you guys. Um, And then second, I wanted to be able to provide uh, another avenue where I I want to keep doing the free podcast shows, but I also want to add uh, a section where I can go more in depth, but not feel like I'm giving away the farm either. So um, that's what we're going to be doing with the premium membership section. Um, don't want to talk about it a ton here because I know there's a lot of you that tune in, want to get the free stuff, get out. That's fine. Love you because I'm hoping I get you hooked where you want to stay around for the entire show. Because at the end of the show, I'm going to give you a real quick overview of what we're doing on the premium side um, and how we're going to be doing some special offers when that goes live in the next two to three weeks. I know I've been a lot of hype, probably been talking about this for the last month, but it, it's taken a while to try to get everything done right because when I roll this thing out, I want it to be perfect for you guys so we don't have some of the hiccups we've had when we've done other projects in the past. Um, What we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be screening the free fun screeners that are out there on the internet. If you are one of those people that loves getting free stuff, if you love investing, you're obviously in the right place and that's why you're even listening here. But I think a lot of you are going to be surprised when I show you the tool that I'm going to be showing you today because let's face it, the market's been rocking and rolling for the last four weeks. A lot of you are probably starting to, to thaw out a little bit and feel like maybe the, this whole investing thing isn't as bad as what you were thinking in October and November, and you're ready to go ahead and start wading back into the pool a little bit. Well, if that's you, and, and I'll go ahead and tell you, I don't know if we're out of the worst part of it, um, but it sure is nice to have some updates. But I've gone and, and looked at both the Yahoo Finance mutual fund screener and gone and looked at the Morningstar mutual fund screener. And they're both great tools, and they're completely free. That's, what, that's what's incredible. And I think that you're going to see there's a lot of opportunity for you to go use these fund screeners to make sure that your 401k at your office is the best funds that you can invest in, that the, the current funds that you have in your own personal finance you know, savings accounts is going to be is, is as good as they can be. And also, just to check up on your own advisor to make sure that they're doing the due diligence that they should be doing with your investments. i, I got to tell you, I'm working with an attorney up in Washington, D.C. right now. We're working on a case where I think the advisor just forgot about the, the portfolio for a three- to five-year period, and that's why the portfolio, after you look at it later, 
you know, after it had been neglected for all those years, it had a bunch of one-star funds um, that were changing their names, merging with other funds, trying to make them look a little better, make that pass, that dreadful pass, disappear. And I think that happens all the time. So this is, you need to educate yourself. The best way to, to fight poor performance and also to make sure you don't get ripped off out there in the world is an educated consumer and an educated investor, and that's what we're here for. So let's talk about um, these fund screeners. And also, I'll go ahead and throw this in. Like I said, I'm not going to pump or, or, or talk about the, the premium section, but I think these fund screeners are going to work out perfectly when we offer some of the model allocations based upon your risk profile when we do get the premium section. So pay special attention to what we're talking about, especially for those that are just now starting to invest out, you know, starting to invest. You want to you kind of jump in this thing and make sure that your first investment is a good one. So that way you don't get burned and get a bad taste in your mouth and run away from investments for in the, in the long term. So let's talk about the Yahoo Finance first. Now, Yahoo Finance's fund screener is good, but it's not as good as the Morningstar screener. And let me tell you why is it it has a ton of opportunity for you to even you know put in the morning you can even though this is the Yahoo screen tool it actually takes into account Morningstar um, their rating system I bet they're probably using the same database I bet that Yahoo has worked out a deal with Morningstar where they're using a lot of the same database tools uh, and, and kind of sharing the same data but I think the Morningstar one's a little bit better and I'll get into why that's the case but if you and we're gonna give you the link for these both these screening tools but if you want to Go to our website, money-guy.com, and you can take the links for both of these screening tools. But what I like is that the Yahoo Finance does let you choose by categories. You can choose by fund family if you're really in love with a fund family like Vanguard, Fidelity, or something like that. You can also rate the funds by their Morningstar rating, their, their return rating, and their risk rating. You can look at performance for one, three, five years on an annualized basis to see who has the best performance and you can even for i have people write me all the time that want to start investing for their kids and they say you know which funds out there have a 250 dollars minimum investment because you know we just don't have a lot of the funds out there have a 2500 or 3000 dollars minimum investment i just don't have that much money but i want to get you know junior um, investing because they show an interest when they ran across an episode of cnbc so with that being the case, I, I would like, you know, we can, we can look at the, you can set the minimum initial investment. You can also take out the front end load so that you're only screening by no load mutual funds. And you can also look at the expense ratio because every dollar that you save or every percent that you save on the expense ratio is, is money that's going to stay in your back pocket. And one of the things I tell you, if you're, when you're, cause you can screen not only stock funds, but you can screen bond funds is pay a special attention to, to the fee structure and the minimum, you know, and their, the expense ratio on bond mutual funds. Because with bond mutual funds, you can have a titan like Bill Gross, who runs the PIMCO Total Return Fund, and then you compare that to the Vanguard, some of the Vanguard index funds, and even though the PIMCO is going to win, the expense ratio on the inside of the PIMCO fund might not be worthwhile with with just buying the index fund. So if you're going to look at the the expense ratios, make sure that you're paying attention to what the one, three, and five year performance is, and then look at those expense ratios and ask yourself, is it worth paying a, a much higher internal expense ratio for really performance that's not much difference? Because bond spreads on the on the returns of bond funds is not that different. Now 
the exception of that, because I'm a big fan of Bill Gross. I listen to his podcast, watch him when he's on CNBC, and, and use his fund, but we use the institutional version of his fund. It's not available to everybody off the street. You have to invest between one to, I think I can't remember, it's $5 million. It's either $1 million or $5 million, um, minimum initial investment. And we can do that because we're on the institutional platform for our clients. But for the average person walking in off the street, you're not. You're going to have to buy the retail version of, of the Pimpco fund, and it might be better to, to go look at some of the lower cost options. Even though he is the, the 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 titan of the bond marketplace, where he can move the markets all by himself. You can also sort these things and screen funds by their net assets, and and that's important because if you're looking at a large cap mutual fund, you want to make sure. That's bigger than twelve billion dollars of market cap, meaning that, it, meaning that the fund, the stocks that it's buying within each one of those funds has a market cap greater than twelve billion dollars. Because you see it all the time. Where you'll, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example is um, if you look at small company, small company stock mutual funds, and and what I'm talking about is it's, it's not uncommon for somebody to call themselves a small company stock mutual fund. But then when you go and look at the definition and look at what they're buying, they don't match because a small company stock is really less than $2 billion in market capitalization. When I say market capitalization, for those that are brand new to the show, I know I've talked about this in the past, I'm talking about if you take the number of shares of a stock that's out there on the, on the stock exchanges and multiply that by the price that it's trading at, that tells you what that stock is valued at, its total market capitalization. So if you take that market capitalization number, if it's, if it's less than $2 billion, then roughly that's a small company. If it's between $2 billion and $10 to $12 billion, there's some, there's some give there on, on the $10 to $12 part. But really $2 billion to, t- I mean $2 billion to all the way up to $10 to $12 billion, then that's, that's a mid-sized company. That's like your H&R blocks and things like that. You've heard of them, but you know they're not as big as, as GE and Home Depot and Walmart and all the household names that you know. And then anything that's over $12 billion in size is considered a large company stock. So you want to make sure that you do sort and consider looking at the, the holdings and the, and the size and the medium market cap is the screen that you want to look at because those are going to tell you if these managers are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Because the example I give is I was sitting in a a 403B meeting um, for, for a school system, and Barron, um, Barron's fund came up, and it's, it's listed as a small-cap growth-type fund, according to Morningstar. But if when you look at it, its average market cap is, is much higher than $2 billion. So it's, it's kind of got a drift, a style drift, where now it's buying mid-sized companies but still calling itself a small cap investment funding. You want to make sure if you're buying small cap, you really want to be buying small cap and not mid cap because you're going to be buy, searching for mid cap funds on a, on a completely different scale. So you want to make sure you're doing an apples to apples analysis. Um, so you can run that screen. Now here's my here's the only gotcha with the Yahoo screening tool. And I think it's a good tool, but it's still something that, that, that it doesn't have as much flexibility as the Morningstar screener. And here's the problem is that they give you some, both both of these screening tools give you pre-built-in screens where in one of them, the, the, the Yahoo one has um, head of the class. They have a pre-built screen called head of the class and this is what it does. It sets up the, the search criteria with the following. It says, displays funds from all categories with strong five-year returns, 
low expense ratios, and the highest rating from Morningstar, which means a five-star rating, by the way. Expense ratio of less than 1% and a five-year annualized return of greater than 25%. So you, you see that, you know, I, I, I hit the free, um, the pre-built screen called Head of the Class because I wanted to see what Yahoo came up with. And guess what? The first thing it pops up in boldface type is, sorry, no search results were found. Click the back button on your browser and refine your search. The problem with, and this, this is something you're going to have when you're trying to search through the data yourself, is that the five-year annualized returns, it's very rigid on what the requirements they have where, like this one was a five-year annualized return of greater than 25%. Well, we all know what type of market we just came through. Um, or it's probably still in. Nobody knows if we're really out of this thing yet. But nonetheless... There's no funds out there that have five-year annualized performance of 25% or greater, so it comes up with there's no results. And you're going to have that problem for a while because of what's happened, and, and it's just a little too rigid on its requirements. The Morningstar Mutual Fund Screener is much more flexible because what it's going to allow you to do is to, to use category averages as your guide point. It's not as rigid, like I said earlier, as the as the yahoo finance screener because what the, the the yahoo mutual fund screener is requiring you to put in 5 10 15 20 percent 25 percent performance and and you know with what everything that's happened that's just hard to call for right now but if you can put in uh, a year-to-date return greater than or equal to the category average that opens up everything because now you're getting to do an apples apples comparison but to see who, which funds actually beat their peers. And that's the more important thing. It, was, it happens all the time when you do a diversified portfolio, you're going to have some winners and losers. Losers is a big part of it. You even buy into stuff thinking that you might not be buying at the perfect time, but things have been beat up enough that, that there might be some value there. I, I, you know, I talked about this uh, you know, probably a few months ago when oil was at $34 a barrel, is that, you know, didn't know if it was going to $25 a barrel, but 34 sure did seem cheap when we were, you know, in the mid one, you know, we were around the one, you know, in the mid 150 range and Boone Pickens and then we're talking about 200, then then 34 seems relatively, uh, you know, as an opportunity. So that's what I was trying to, you can, you can go in here and, and sort by category average to see which one of the natural resource funds is, you know, is beating its peer group. So you can know who to go ahead and, and look at, even if that entire sector has been decimated because of what's going on out there in the marketplace. So I think that's a powerful thing. Plus, I like that they give you much more flexibility on the, on, on what your options are. They give you, because the, the Yahoo screener only gave you one, three, and five years. When you look at the, the Morningstar, it gives you one, three, five, and 10 years. And like I said, it lets you compare it to category average. Uh, just, you know, they're very similar, but it's just subtle differences like that that make it the Morningstar search tools so much more powerful. I also thought they had some built-in screen tools, um, some built-in screens, like they call them Morningstar, Morningstar screens. And one of the categories they had was called long-term winners. And it says investors often make the mistake of buying a flash in the pan that has had a great six months. We went the other way. We screen for funds that have beaten the S&P 500 over the past 10 years, have experienced manager, and have a high category rating. And, and I think that's very important 
Um, so you run that and it shoots up, shoots up all these results. And, and that's very true because if you think about, I always make fun of, you know, Kiplinger's comes out with their best performing funds of 2008. And, you know, if you run out there and buy that magazine, you're doing yourself a great disservice because just because somebody found an opportunity and was and were able to turn it into a great return for their investors in one year doesn't mean that they will be successful three, five, and ten years into the future. So you want to make sure that you're choosing a manager that has a history of outperforming their peer group because there are people that do consistently outperform. And that's what you're trying to use these screens for is to find who those those people are who seem to be kind of head of the class or the ones that are that are above all their peers. I also, you know, one of the things I talked about was the bond funds. When you when you screen bonds, make sure you pay attention to the actual performance because it doesn't make sense to pay a high internal expense ratio of close to 1% on a bond fund when there might only be a quarter of a percent of performance separating the, you know, the performance of a, of a managed fund versus just an index fund. It's the same thing also when you look at large cap stocks. I think you guys know is that I am kind of a, a, an index fan when it comes to large company stocks because the great thing about large company stocks is there's really not that many of them. There's only a, you know, a little over 1,000 large companies out there in the United States. Meanwhile, I think there's 5 million people. I heard a, another advisor at a conference talking about that there were 5 million people who were, you know, whether you're talking about bankers, um, you know, registered reps, stockbrokers, only financial planners like myself, insurance agents, there are over 5 million people who are in the financial industry that are out there giving advice. So it's hard to think that you know something more about Walmart, Coca-Cola, or any of these other companies when you have 5 million individuals looking at 1,000 stocks. It's just too efficient. The information flows so quickly that it's hard to know better. Now, there are chances that you can see. I had a reader, a listener one time point out that there are funds that do beat the indexes, and, and they're right, because in, in some degrees, in the fact of, like, if you look at a mana growth, a mana growth has no financial exposure whatsoever, because that's built into their prospectuses that they don't buy into bank stocks or anything else in the financial world. That's just built in. So you can imagine that a mana growth did do much, much better than the S&P 500 during this most recent downturn, because it was the financial sector that's gotten hammered. But I think if you're talking about in just relative Big long-term concepts. The S&P S&P 500 index is a great, great investment that you can do on, on the long term and save yourself a lot of money because you can have an internal expense ratio of 0.10 percent if you're using like the Fidelity Fund versus the category average, which is pretty close to one and a half percent. So it's 15 times cheaper. But you still want to use these Morningstar screens to kind of give you some guidance. And I think that they, you know, if you don't have a personal financial advisor in your life, these things are gold. They really are because you're going to be able to go and see how good the investments are. One of the things I thought was also very incredible is that after you do the search, you're going to get a list of, you know, 40, 50 different mutual funds and you're going to say, well, gosh, what do I do with this now? So, you know, because it's going to seem a little overwhelming when you get a list of 25 great performing funds and you go say, well, which of these 25 do I go and pick now? Well, the great thing about the Morningstar site that, that kind of puts it above and beyond the Yahoo screener is that it has, you have a button right there after you get your results that says score funds, score funds. 
you click that button and it pops up a window that then launches a Java application that then has where you can change the criteria to fine tune which of these funds is actually best for you on the long term. And here's what they have when you want to try to, to kind of go deeper into those 25 funds that it shoots up for you. You can, you can then sort by the three-year return, the lowest expense ratio, the low PE, and you can make these all work together. You can rate them by, you know, is that very important to you on zero on a, a on a scale of zero to ten, or is this not so important to you? And they even have a category on low PE. So if you're looking at a if you're a value type investor, where you're looking at the the stock market is really down on its luck, you know, this this whole asset class has been beaten up. You can go and and say that a low price to earnings ratio is very important to you as an investor. So you can move the scale to where it weights the mutual funds to choose funds that that are going to work out for you on that way. So I think there are some tremendous opportunities to use these tools and really use them effectively to kind of figure out what are the best funds that you can put in your 401k and your personal, you know, accounts that you've set up. If you don't, you know, and you can also use them, like I said, as kind of a check of your own personal financial advisor if you have somebody to see what these funds have done over the one, three, and five-year period because that's a very important period with the market that we've just come out of or we're still in. Who knows? That, that still remains to be seen. But I think you're going you're gonna to see a lot of opportunity for all you do-it-yourselfers that are listening to use these type of screens that we're going to give you the link on. And then even, and this is how I'm going to transition into where this is going to be really beneficial to you, you know, once we move on and get our premium section up. Because what you can do is, is you can use these screen tools because they're going to tie directly. We use Morningstar. We use the premium. We, ha we actually have this, the, the Morningstar, Morningstar Principia software that we use here at our financial planning firm. And we have, use all kind of screen tools that we go out when we set up our portfolios. But the Morningstar categories that we use on our model portfolios are going to tie perfectly to what their search criteria is. So when we come out with our premium section, one of the things we're going to offer is a risk questionnaire and asset allocation models. And those asset allocation models are going to even include asset classes like natural resources and commodities. And guess what? You're going to be able to search on the Morningstar site for those type of categories. Long short funds, those are these, they're kind of what used to be called hedge funds, except these are mutual funds that are, that are much more transparent than the black box things that, you know, you've, you know, that have kind of gotten to be taboo, but there still is ways that you can make money, whether the stock market's going up or down. And those, there's a new category on Morningstar called long short funds. You can use these, these mutual fund screeners on the Morningstar website and search by long short funds. And that's going to be one of our asset classes. So you're going to be able to really go and review, review all of your personal portfolios, even if you don't have somebody looking over your shoulder, if you don't have an advisor. Because you remember, I'm, I'm always telling you that a lot of you guys who have less than $200,000, you might not need somebody yet. You might just need to get the fundamentals down and build, Get you're in that accumulation stage where you're trying to build those assets up to where they really do start working for you. So if you, know, if you can save yourself some money by, you know, doing a lot of that searching by yourself, you know, and using these these mutual fund screening tools and then even using our risk questionnaires that we use for our clients 
as, as well as, you know, our 401k participants on the 401ks we manage. I think it's going to be very beneficial to you. So that's why I'm hoping that we can kind of make these all work together. And we're going to even do more in-depth showing you how these screening tools work once we get the premium section up. So uh, let's talk about the premium section. What we're going to have when you register, and we're working out the pricing model and everything else like that right now. A few of you guys got in there and registered before we even had everything set up. So we're going to honor everything that we've already set up for you and not even start, you know, the your your actual membership until everything goes live. So don't worry if you're one of those early adopters. Thank you, thank you for thinking so much of us as you signed up before we even had everything operational. That means the world to me. But for the for everybody else, we're going to have a dynamic site here because what we're going to be offering are special podcasts. We're going to be offering where I know I'm going to try to do this where at least we have two to three a quarter of special podcasts where we're going to offer you know, worksheets, and more in-depth stuff that I just can't do on the free side because, uh, you know, I want to give you downloads of forms and other things we actually use at the firm, but it doesn't make sense to just give that stuff away, unfortunately. So on the premium side, we're going to be able to offer you much more depth as well as give you worksheets and handouts that we use actually with our fee-only financial planning clients. We're, like I've already mentioned, we're going to have a risk questionnaire and asset allocation models. You know, you're going to be able to go out and review your 401k, make sure it's invested correctly. You're also going to have a better understanding of how well-diversified, um, low-risk portfolio can work for you. You know, and I think especially with what's happened in the market recently, you're probably questioning, what have you been doing? So you're going to be able to really kind of take everything in, um, you know, analyze it, and then figure out if you've made the right decisions. And then we're going to, on top of that, we've been doing some great research I can't wait to show you some of the research we've got and some of the graphs and other things we put together. And we're going to do special podcasts for every one of those research documents that we're going to have in PDF format. You're going to be able to download these in Adobe files um, and, and print them out. We're also going to put the wealth report, all of our past issues as well as our current issues out there in PDF format of the wealth report so we don't have to worry about the you know, trying to send this stuff out, you're just going to be able to open it up on your computer and read these articles and be better informed. We're also, whenever we get into these crisis-type periods we've been in recently, we're going to be able to offer you the same quarterly commentary that we send out our clients because what we do is when things are really tough or there's something, something that comes out in the news, we send a blast email out to our clients. And what I want to do is I want, we're going to create a section where we're going to be able to put that same material out there on the website so that when, um, you know, something's going on, you have a resource. We can be your resource during these bad times to kind of make sure that you feel better. Because sometimes it helps to have somebody you can bounce ideas off of and make you feel okay that, that this is not the end of the world, that the sky's not falling, that we're going to make it through this. And then we're, we're going to have the podcast archives. We're going to update those, um, see if we can't do a few things with some of the new technology we have. Uh, you know, to put the, make the show notes, modernize those with the podcast archives. We're going to bring all that under the membership section. And then a question, question and answer section. A lot of you guys send me questions by email. I res we're able to respond to some of them, but some of them were not. So what we're going to do, but a lot of you ask the exact same question of something we've already responded to. So what better way than if we can, you know, we'll, we'll change names and change locations or hide those the, the names and locations if we need to to protect the the listeners who have written us emails, but we're going to start posting questions that we've responded to via email or even on the, the, the podcast so that you, you, know, you can go 
use that as a resource. You can because everybody asks the same questions because we're all thinking the same thing a lot of times. So this is going to be a tremendous opportunity. It's just we're it's going to we're, we're it's going to take us probably another two weeks to get this thing tied down because we've got all the research, we've got the wealth report, we've got everything. It's just now getting it into the computer, getting it into the website. Um, and that, that's what I want to make sure we do a great job for you guys so we don't disappoint. So I'm pretty excited about it, but I want you to please go check out these mutual fund screeners that we're going to be putting up on the website and giving you links to because I think they're tremendous opportunities for those that are willing to start investing again. feel like things are you know starting to thaw out a little bit. Use these tools because they're free and they're very, very powerful. I think you can do a lot with it. If you want to write me, you can write me at Brian, that's B-R-I-A-N, at money-guy.com. And I will be out of the office all of next week. So um, there won't be a new show next week, but we will be back the following week. And I will be through with tax season by that time too, because it's been hard to redesign a website, make it through tax season, as well as handle going through a financial crisis all the same period that we're trying to do great podcasts for you guys know that once we get out of this april 15th period i'm gonna be able to devote more time to this and really turn it on and i'm just excited that you guys are stuck with us as long as you have and have provided us the success that we have so i'll talk to you in about two weeks i'm your host for the money guy show brian preston the money guy podcast is hosted by brian preston and brian preston is a partner with preston and cleveland wealth management Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. (laughs) 